Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand? Those of you that are online, we welcome you. First song, do what you want to. We want the Holy Spirit to move in this place.
Hey, thank you guys for the awesome song. Man, I love I loved to hear y'all sing. Give them a big hand. Woo. Good morning. Welcome to Kavanaugh. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us live, in person, and on online. We are so glad that you guys made it today. What a great service. And I want to welcome Eli. I brought two of his buddies to church today from college. So welcome Z and Nick. Wave your hands, guys. So everybody give them an air high five. All right. Hey, this is going to be an awesome day. As you know, Christmas is around the corner. It's here, guys. We're celebrating that Jesus came. And Jesus came to offer us forgiveness of our sins. And I've been thinking a lot about that. Aren't you glad that we don't have to carry around all the guilt and shame for everything that we've ever done wrong? When we confess it, we trust Jesus as Lord. Guys, it's gone. That's good news. We get a new slate and a new start and a new life. So we're here to celebrate today new life in Jesus. All right? So we're going to do that today. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray. And then we want you to keep singing, keep praising God. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you for Jesus, for the amazing gift of salvation. Lord, today we're here to celebrate new life in you. God, I thank you for our praise team and for their ministry. And as they lead us in singing in just a few moments, help us, Lord, as an act of worship, just to pour our praise out upon you. And as Brother Will comes today and as he preaches the truth of your word, would you anoint him with your Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts, Lord, and change lives as only you can. We love you, God, and we praise you, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
excited that he's called my name. In our next song that we're going to sing, uh, Angie asked me to speak, and I, I always try to take the, the lyrics to the song, and usually uh, a phrase just kind of sticks out to me. I pray about it, and Jason, God's moving today, you guys. I, I mean, the Spirit's here. If you're online, I know you're feeling it online, so let me just read this. The next song we're going to sing, it's got a phrase, and it says, Where my heart becomes free. And my shame, my guilt is undone. What is shame? One definition says it's an unpleasant, self-conscious emotion, typically associated with the negative evaluation of self, withdrawal of motivation, feelings of distress, exposure, mistrust, powerlessness, and weakness. Anybody felt that this last year? Shame has symptoms. We feel that we want to disappear bury our head, hide. We don't want to connect with people. We put our focus inward on ourselves and we view our entire self in a negative light. We feel insecure. We're bound up in knots and we're fearful, maybe full of shame. One author says, we believe we are flawed, unworthy of love and belonging. Has anybody felt that way this year? But God, God knows us. He created us. This song says, in God's presence, and he's here today, our hearts are free and our shame is undone. When we become aware of him and when we see him and when we experience him and his glory and we come into his presence, our hearts become free. Our shame is undone. We are free to show ourselves to God. He knows us anyway, right? Free to show emotion. Free to be vulnerable, humble, contrite. Free to be empty of those negative thoughts and feelings so we can be filled with His love, His peace, His contentment. We can feel free to experience the Holy Spirit. We are free to welcome the Holy Spirit here today right now in our hearts if you need to be unbound undone if you need to get rid of that shame that guilt if you need to connect we can do it today through the holy spirit romans 8 26 says in the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness we do not know what we ought to pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans so I'm encouraging you today, here, online, wherever you are, I'm encouraging you to surrender everything to Him fully today. Experience the glory of His goodness. Become more aware of His presence in our lives today and every day. We want to welcome the Holy Spirit here to intercede for you, for me, so that our hearts can become free and our shame can become undone.
Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today. I want you to flood this place. I want you to flood our hearts. I want you to flood our minds. I want you to flood our lives today, God, with your presence. And I pray, God, that we can become more aware of you in our everyday life, our everyday things, our everyday jobs, things that we just do that we long for your presence and we want to be aware of it. I want to experience you, God, and I pray today, God, that if there's someone here that doesn't know you, that if someone's online within the sound of our voices, that if they don't know you, that they would come to know you, that they could experience and they could be lost in the glory of your goodness. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would fall and it would fall upon Brother Will as he brings the message for us today so that we could hear exactly what we need to hear to be able to experience your extraordinary love, your compassion, your peace, your healing, whatever it is, God, we need from you today. Fill us up, Lord. And I pray that I could be humble and I could be broken, I could be vulnerable and I could empty myself of all of the negative things because, God, you said, you said we're worthy and we are loved. And I know that, God, because you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And I'm so thankful for that today, God. Once again, I pray that you would bless all of those that are here today that are suffering, that are sick, that can't be here, and those that are listening online. I just pray that you would touch us. And God, we are so thankful for your presence. I'm so thankful for your Holy Spirit this morning. Continue to move on the rest of the service throughout the rest of the church and the activities that are going on. And I pray, God, these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. team a big hand would you fantastic job it's good to see all of you who are live and uh, those online how are you we're glad that you're with us today uh, Fort Smith has uh, had a spike in COVID cases uh, so let's pray for those in our church who are suffering with COVID and we have even more who are in quarantine let's be sure and pray for them as well well I read this past week that life is a struggle <laughs> Would you agree with that? I mean, life can be a struggle. The, the author of this particular article went on to say, life is a struggle. You would think so because it all begins with something called labor pains. And then, and then when you actually come into the world, the first thing that happens to you is somebody spanks you on the backside and makes you cry. Right? And then they said, from that point on, it's downhill. <laughs> I affirm today that life is a struggle, but here's the good news in that bad news. The good news is you don't have to do it alone, okay? There is someone who comes alongside of us, someone who virtually lives inside of us and helps us daily with the struggles that we face, and that person is none other than Jesus Christ. I'm going to do a little series between now and the end of the year talking about God with us. In fact, there are two verses in the Bible, one in the Old Testament, a prophecy, Isaiah 7, 14, and then the fulfillment of that prophecy, Matthew 1, 23, that affirms God is with us. He is with us through his son, 
Emmanuel. Let's start with the Old Testament prophecy, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. Here's what the prophet wrote thousands of years ago. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. That Old Testament verse is talking about Jesus. In fact, Jesus is found all through the Bible. It doesn't matter if you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament. Jesus shows up because Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is even here today in this room, and he is here to help you with the struggles and the battles that you're facing in your own life. Why? Because he is Emmanuel. That's what the prophet said. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call him Emmanuel. That name Emmanuel simply means God with us. That, that was one of the names for Jesus, Emmanuel. In fact, the Bible is full of names for the second person of the Trinity. And these names tell us that what God is up to in sending his son into the world. For instance, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, is told this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. An angel said, and she, speaking of Mary, will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew name Joshua. It means Jehovah is salvation. And Christ would accomplish that very thing. Why? We know that because the angel said, His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And that is something that God is up to in the life of every human being. More than anything, God wants to save you. That's why he sent Emmanuel, his son, so that he could be with you and that he could save you. Now, over in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, we see another name that was given to Christ. Matthew 1, 23 is the fulfillment of Isaiah 7, 14. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, that is the fulfillment of the prophecy found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. A prophecy that was ultimately fulfilled in the incarnation of Jesus Christ, God coming to this world. And here is something else that God is up to in the lives of every person. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. He is not only Jesus, the one who can save us. He is Emmanuel, the one who walks with us. The one who wants to be near us. And, and, and I want you to understand this morning, real simple message, God wants to be near you. God created you to have a relationship with him. That's why he came near. That's why he came as a baby in the manger. In fact, you could say that the central theme of the Bible is, I want to be with you. It's what God is saying to you today. I want to be in your life. I want to be with you. Now, if we go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible before sin entered into the human experience, God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day in the Garden of Eden. God was literally with them. 
And we read in the Old Testament that God walked with the great men and women of the Old Testament. God was with them. Was it because they were extraordinary people? Not really. They were just ordinary folks like you and me. But God wanted a relationship with them. And so God walked with them. Great men like Joshua. I love what God said to Joshua in chapter 1 verse 9. God said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is what? With you. you. When? Where? Wherever you go. All the time, God is with you. King David knew this when he composed Psalms 23, verse 4. He said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why would he fear no evil? Because he knew that God was with him. His rod and his staff even comforted him. So God gave Israel his presence. We see that through the tabernacle. We see that through the Ark of the Covenant. We see God's presence with his people in the the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. All of those events, all of those things were these great big post-it notes to remind the people from God, I am with you. No matter what you face, no matter where you go, I will be with you. And all of that was powerfully real. But God gave us an even greater demonstration of his desire and design to be with us when he came at Bethlehem. The incarnation of God becoming a man. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was born to a virgin girl by the name of Mary. And this is what Matthew said in Matthew chapter 1, 22 and 23. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled. What was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Remember that? Isaiah 7, 14. Saying, behold the virgin shall be with child. And she shall bear a son. And you're going to call his name Emmanuel. Which is translated what? God with us. That was the promise that Jesus is coming. Jesus lived for 33 years of life. And then he died on a cross And he left, he departed this earth to go to the right hand of God the Father. But when he left, he made another promise to his disciples. He said this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, are you following this thought? God came the first time to be with us. And when he left this earth to go back to heaven, he said, I'm going to be with you always. And one day when God has closed the curtain of history and God has made all things new in his kingdom, the redeemed will stand before God in the glory of heaven. And this is the scene, Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. So from the beginning, God wanted to be near. He came as a baby so that he could establish a relationship with us. When he left, he said, don't worry, I'm not going to go anywhere. I will be with you through the Holy Spirit. And then in heaven, we get to be with Jesus all the time. Jesus wants to be with us. 
God wants to be near you. That's pretty cool. And you know what? God wants to be near us even when we're not very fun to be around. As humans, we tend to, to not want to be around certain people at certain times. Come on, be honest. Are you with me? But it's not that way with God. God is near. And he wants to be with us all the time. You can count on him all the time. You can count on God when things are great. But you can also count on God when things are not so great. You can count on God when you feel good. And life is like a downhill slide with the wind at your back. But you can also count on God when things are not so good. And you're going uphill. And there's wind in your face. God is with us all the time. Specifically today, I want you to know that God is with you in your struggles. And in your battles. In times of peril. It may be that you're facing a battle right now. You know what? If you're not facing one now, listen. Listen to me because you're about to be. Life is a struggle. Today, maybe you're battling with cancer. Maybe you're battling with, with COVID. COVID is real in Fort Smith right now. Many of our people are battling with that, and, and it is taking its toll. Maybe you're battling with depression or with loneliness, or maybe you're battling with, with bitterness, whatever it is. Nothing reassures us more in the midst of our struggles than knowing that God is with us. We're not going through these battles alone. God is near. And that's what I want you to get today. In fact, I want to reaffirm this statement. Here's the statement, God is with me in my struggles. I want you to say that out loud with me on three. One, two, three. God is with me in my struggles. You need to say it again out loud, louder this time. One, two, three. And then I have the word what? Fact. You know what? Because that is a fact. You need to understand this as a fact. You need to get it in your head. You need to know that when you fight battles, you are not fighting battles alone. When you are up against struggles, you are not facing those struggles alone. God has promised to be with you in every battle that you fight. As a matter of fact, this is the message behind the original Emmanuel promise in Isaiah 7, 14. Jesus' virgin birth was predicted by God through the prophet Isaiah thousands of years before it actually happened. In fact, we have this affirmation in Matthew 1, 22. Matthew said, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Isaiah, Isaiah 7, 14. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. But today, folks, you need to see the connection between the original setting of this prophecy in Isaiah 7:14 and then the perfect fulfillment of the prophecy in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It was a time of struggle and battle for the people of God back in Isaiah. Okay? Just like it's a time of battle and struggle for us today. Back in Isaiah chapter 7, 
They were struggling. Let me just give you a snapshot of what's happening in Isaiah chapter 7. There is a king in Israel whose name is King Ahaz. He was the most wicked king in Judah's history. He totally abandoned the worship of God. In fact, he closed down the temple, and in its place, he erected idols and shrines throughout God's kingdom. He abandoned the worship of God, and he turned to the worship of Molech. Now, that is significant because Molech, the god Molech, demanded that you sacrifice your babies to him. And King Ahaz did that very thing. Now, how wicked is that to take your sons and offer them as a sacrifice to a false god? At that same time, the Assyrians turned against the people of God, and they were battling God's people. And instead of trusting God for deliverance, this wicked king, King Ahaz, surrendered his kingdom to the king of Assyria. So God sends his prophet, Isaiah, to confront this evil king, this king Ahaz. And here's what the prophet said in a nutshell. What are you doing? (laughs) I mean, what in the world are you doing? We serve the living God, the true God, the one God who can deliver us. And God will deliver us from the king of Assyria. But you've got to trust him. You've got to turn to God from these idols and trust God. But you know what? It was was like water on a duck's back. King Ahaz ignored the prophetic word of Isaiah. He continued his alliance with the king of Assyria. So Isaiah came back the second time. And he said, listen, you've got to turn to God. You must trust God. God will deliver us. And then under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this is what Isaiah said. Isaiah 7, 14, our key verse. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. So Isaiah prophesied about a child that was going to be born to a virgin, Emmanuel, who in some way would relate to the nation's deliverance. Now, when you have a prophecy in the Old Testament... There is a fulfillment of that prophecy, usually in the New Testament. Are you with me? This prophecy has a dual fulfillment. There was an immediate fulfillment for the people in Isaiah's day, along with the ultimate fulfillment of the prophecy in our day. It it is an amazing thing. The, The first fulfillment came in the days of King Ahaz. In fact, we read about it a chapter later in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 10. This verse says, devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand. For why? God is with us. This is amazing. You see, the, the prophecy meant that no one is going to be able to destroy the people and the purpose of God. These invading kings would not overthrow the eternal plans of God. God intended to preserve the royal line of David. God would be with them in their battles. They didn't have to trust the arm of the flesh. All they had to do is trust God. Why? God is going to be with you. 
Emmanuel is with you. God is with you. So go out and face these kings of Assyria. God is going to be with you. That was the immediate fulfillment of that prophecy. Centuries later, the Holy Spirit led Matthew to quote Isaiah 7:14 in a statement that was also about another virgin birth. This is the first of many prophecies about our Messiah given by the prophet Isaiah thousands of years before Jesus would even come. And again, what did he say? A virgin is going to conceive. Now, time out. That's a miracle. For a virgin to conceive? That was God's work in her life. She is going to conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And the birth of Jesus signaled God's desire and his design to literally be with us. Even in our struggles, Jesus came to be with us. This is a fact that you need to establish in your head. So people, get it in your head. Jesus is with me. Even in my struggles, Jesus is with me. So let's make this statement another time. Number two, God is with me in my struggles. Say it aloud on three. One, two, three. God is with me in my struggles. It was a fact that you need to get in your head, but it's also a force or a power that you need to see in your life. It's one thing to know in my head that, is, that God is with me. It's another thing to experience that power, that force, that reality surging through my life and counting on it every day that I live. No, I can't face those struggles on my own. No, I can't fight those battles on my own. But God can do it through me. I can face them with God's power in my life. You see, God personally stepped into the human experience when Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger to a virgin whose name was Mary. It was real. It's something that really happened. And you need to know that God's presence is just as real today as it was 2,000 years ago in that manger. Jesus Christ lived on planet earth. He only lived for 33 years, and then he died on a cross. The Bible says your sins were placed upon his back. His blood was shed for the remission, the taking away of your sins. Jesus died for you. He was buried in a tomb, but he didn't stay in that tomb. Three days later, he rose again. He went back to heaven, and now he sits at God's right hand, the Bible says, making intercession for us. But when he left to go back to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell with us, to live in us. And Don, he is here today. The Holy Spirit is here. It's an amazing thing being in God's house. As I'm speaking on the outside, his Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Even if you're listening online, it's not really Will's message that you're hearing today. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking this truth into your life. And Jesus was really here 2,000 years ago. He really came. He really lived on earth. He really died for you. And that reality is just as real today because he is here today. He's in this place. 
and he is in your life if you believe him. You know what that is? It's amazing. It's amazing. And that reality gives us the power to live our lives and to face our battles counting on him. There's an illustration of how this fleshes itself out in the Old Testament. God is preparing his people to, to enter into the promised land. They've been as slaves in captivity in Egypt for over 400 years. And now he's delivered them. And they're going to go take the promised land. But the promised land is occupied. They're going to have to fight for it. Now, these, these people were slaves. They knew how to make brick, but they didn't know how to do battle. They didn't know how to fight. And God knew they were going to be afraid. So he encouraged them with his presence and his power. This is what he said. When you go to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them. Because the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priests shall come forward and they're going to address the entire army. And the priest shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not be terrified or give way to panic before them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to give you victory. Come on, let's go with a big amen on that one. Yeah, here, here's the promise. God is going to be with you. God is going to fight for you. And the best part is God's going to give you victory. Isn't that amazing? Now, let me just show you how all this fleshes itself out and what it means. I think it means two things. Number one, I can have courage because I know he is with me. This promise was made before the battle to assure them that, that no matter what they saw with their eyes, no matter how big that opposing army was, no matter how many horses they had, that God was with them. Just like he had been with them in the past, he would be with them at that moment, and he would be with them in the future. I want to read verses 1 and 3 of that Deuteronomy passage again. When you go to war against your enemies, and you see the horses, the chariots, and an army greater than yours. But let's apply that today. When you wake up in the morning and you see the battles that you're facing today, the sickness, the cancer, the, the broken relationships, the, the COVID, and everything that it, that it brings to you, what does he say? Don't be afraid. Because the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt, the God who has saved you, the God who has sustained you all of these years, the same God who has helped you in your previous struggles and battles, guess what? That same God is going to be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priests are going to come forward and they're going to address you, just like I'm standing before you today, addressing you. And what do I say? And what did the priest say? Hear, O Israel, hear, people of Kavanaugh Church. Today you're going to go into battle and face your enemies. But don't be faint-hearted. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified. Don't give in to panic. Don't freak out. Don't freeze up. God's with you. Wow. You know what that means? That means that I have the force and the power of Emmanuel. 
God with me in my life. And when I face and when I fight the battles, I can have courage. I do not have to be afraid. Why? Because he is with me. And and listen to me, church. This promise is not just a solo promise that's found one time in the Bible. This is a promise that is repeated over and over again. In fact, we see it in Isaiah chapter 41. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This same promise is given to the Apostle Paul over in Acts chapter 18. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and said, Paul, don't be afraid. You keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. You know what that tells me? I can have courage to face anything the devil throws at me, any event that may occur in my life. I can face it because God is with me. Emmanuel is with me. The force and the power of God is surging through me. You can face it, man, no matter what it is. I have confidence not only because he is with me, I have confidence because God is for me. He's for me. He's on my side. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. Would you please put a smile on your face? God is not only for you, he's fighting for you. He's on your side. God is for me. Awesome. God's for me. Can I tell you something? Everybody look at me. Everybody look. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You can face it. And you can be, what's that last thing? Victorious. I'm going to close with this awesome story that is found in 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story about Elisha the prophet. Now, here's the context of what's happening in 2 Kings chapter 6. The king of Syria is doing battle with Israel. Are you following all this? There's all kinds of battles in the Old Testament. All kinds of struggles going on with God's people. Same thing happening right now, just different battles. Okay? So the king of Syria has called his his officers, his generals, his commanders into his chambers and he is devising and strategizing a plan to destroy the king of Israel. And so he he sends them to a certain place. He says, I want you to go here because I know this is a route that the king of Israel travels with his army. So let's go here and, and hide out. And when they travel by, we'll attack them and annihilate them. But as he gave this command... God is speaking the same words into the heart and mind of the prophet Elisha. And what does Elisha do with this information God has divinely given him? Well, he goes to the king of Israel and says, don't go to that place. Because the king of Syria is going to be waiting on you. And so they totally avoided that place. That not only happened one time, it happened two times and three times. And the Bible says numerous times. They were able to avoid defeat because the prophet Elisha knew what the king of Syria was planning. And so this king of Syria was infuriated. He called all of his officers and generals back. And he said, okay, 
Which one of you is a traitor? One of you in this room is a traitor because everything that we have planned has been told to the king of Israel. I know that one of you is a traitor. They all backed up and said, oh, no, king, no, you've got it wrong. It's not us. It's this cotton-picking prophet named Elisha. Everything that you plan, he knows. His God is telling him, and they, they even made this statement, he knows the secrets that you whisper in your bedroom. That's pretty frightening, isn't it? And so the king of Syria said, okay, let's go get him. Where's he at? They did a search, found he was in Dothan. And so he sent this huge army with horses and soldiers, and they surrounded the city of Dothan and surrounded Elisha's house. They did that during the night. Elisha's servant woke up the next morning and went outside to get the newspaper <laughs> or whatever. And he looked out, and all he saw were this, was this army of Syria surrounding the city. And it freaked him out. And he ran back in and he said, Elisha, what are we going to do? There, there are so many of them. And here's what the prophet Elisha said. Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And, and that servant boy was just, he didn't know what he meant by that. And he says, what, what, what are you talking about? And so the prophet Elisha prayed this, this little prayer in verse 17. He said, Lord, would you please open his eyes so that he can see reality as it really is? And God opened the eyes of this servant, and behold, he saw that the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire that were all around the armies of Syria, and they were there to protect the prophet Elisha. So this little dude's looking out. He looks around. He sees all these enemy soldiers. And then he looks up and all around behind the enemy soldiers is the army of God. Now let me say this again because it makes more sense. Greater is he, God, who is in me than he, the devil, who is in the world. There are more on your side than there is on the devil's side. And even though the devil wants to destroy you, Emmanuel is with us. God is with you. Do you get it? It's not only a fact we need to have in our head, it is a force that can cause us to be victorious every day that we live. Because I guarantee you, Today, not tomorrow, today, you're going to face a battle. You're going to have a struggle. But the good news is, you don't have to face it by yourself. God can be with you. You say, well, Brother Will, how, how, do, how does that happen? How do, how do I have Emmanuel with me? You just invite him into your heart. <laughs> you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You give him your life. If you've never done that before, I encourage you, even if you're listening online, it's a pretty simple thing. God makes salvation simple. Now, the implications of it, they're far from being simple, but getting to Jesus is a pretty simple thing. You admit you're a sinner. You believe that Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sins, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, and then you start living for him.
And that's the cool part, because when he is Emmanuel inside of you, you have the force and the power to face any struggle or battle that happens on the outside. And I don't know about you, but I couldn't do it without him. Hmm? So would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Those watching online, would you do the same thing? Because of COVID, we can't have an altar call where we come and pray. But you know what? You can do that right where you're seated or there in your home. Pray to him right now. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, invite him into your heart. Say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I want you in my life. I need, I need that force, that power in my life to help me with the struggles that I'm having in life. So trust him today. If you are a believer, just bring those battles and those struggles and lay them at his feet and ask him for his help. For he is Emmanuel, God with you. Heavenly Father, would you please help us? Help us as we face life and the struggles every day, the battles we fight every day. Help us, dear Lord, to be victorious, to be better, to be closer to you. Give us victory in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room and all those who are listening online. I pray that today would be a difference maker because today is the day we trust you and we give everything to you. So Lord, help us and God be near us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Come back next Sunday because we're going to continue this same thought that God is near us. When you leave today from inside the building, we got the black boxes out there that you can drop your offering in. If you're watching online, you can give online, KavanaughChurch.com or through Facebook. Go to our website and it will give you the link to give. Uh, we usually have uh, Sunday evening Bible study online, Sunday nights at 6.30. Because of COVID and because of, of some of the quarantine that we've had this week, uh, we were unable to record that, so tonight there will be uh, no online Bible study. We will have church Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. It's a big Wednesday night, Jan. It's our kids' Christmas program. So at 7 o'clock, if you're physically able, please be in this room. Uh, we want to support our kids. Uh, again, because of COVID, the numbers are not as big, but I'm going to tell you what, their hearts are in it, isn't it, Jan? They've been practicing and I can't wait for Wednesday night. Be praying for these kids and show up Wednesday night. The service also will be online. I want you to remember that uh, we do have a lot of people who are sick, several in the hospital. Let's pray for each other, okay? Uh, let's, let's pray that uh, the vaccine actually ships out tomorrow and starts having effect in lives of people and that uh, this, this thing is turned around and... I don't know. I'm hoping that 2021 is different than 2020, man. So let's pray that that happened. I want you to remember that the staff loves you. I love you. Most of all, God loves you. Mask up. Get out of here.